So this is kind of a follow on to uh, Steve's talk. Like I say, we hope we don't have to worry about this, but just in case we do have a dry year, uh, just some things to think about. So this presentation was put together by Chuck Burr um, with Daryl Martin and myself. So what I want you to do first is I want you to um, either on uh, your computer or another cell phone device, if you can go to slido.com, so slido.com, once you get there, it's gonna ask you for a uh, code. And if you put in CPC pivot, you'll go to these uh, polls. So if you can go ahead, I'll give you a minute or so to get there. So once again, go to slido.com and then enter in CPC pivot. So our first question is, I don't have enough capacity to keep up in extreme conditions. So extreme conditions 2012 always comes to mind, right? Okay, so looking like the maybes or the winners um, today. So, you know, it's always kind of interesting um, to know, you know, how much can you handle? So that's one thing we would recommend kind of looking at in a dry year or going into a dry year. Really figure out how much um, flow you need for your system and, and how that compares to um, this publication. So NEB Guide 1851 is the minimum center pivot design capacity in Nebraska. Important with this, you have to look at two different regions. So if we think of the east of the state versus the west of the state, the east is gonna need less water. We typically get more rainfall, have higher humidity than the, than the west. So if we look at this, um, typically we talk about designing a system to fully meet your need nine out of 10 years. You know, you can always go for that extreme, but you usually end up spending a little bit more than maybe you need to. So in this situation, we're just gonna look at region one. So if we look at low pressure impacts um, on a silt loam, we take, the chart says we need 3.9 gallons per minute times our 130 acres under our severed pivot. Uh, low pressure impacts give us a 90% efficiency, which means we need a pump capacity of 563 gallons per minute. Now that's assuming that the system never breaks down, you're not on load control, you can pump whenever you want. So a couple things then change that. So one thing is your soil texture. Makes sense, if you have a fine sand that's gonna hold less water, you need more capacity. So now we're up to about 722 gallons per minute. If we wanna design the system for peak where we would basically always have enough we would be up to 823 gallons per minute before any load control or breakdown um, built into that. So here we go with a, a load control situation. So we're shut down for 24 hours a week. If you go into the NEB guide, say you're on a different load control than that, you can kind of plug in numbers um, and it'll tell you how to figure out what that system capacity would need. So in this situation, you know, we take the silt loam. Originally, we're at 563. Now under load control, we need about 660 gallons per minute to keep up nine out of 10 years. So that's one thing just to look at your system, you know, kind of get an understanding of, of how much um, capacity you have. So when we look at that at this chart, so this once again kind of goes into those gallons per minute per acre, but it helps us look at how many inches per day can I put on, how much can I put on per week, and how many days does it take me to put on an inch. A lot of times I'll run into guys, you know, a 700, 800 gallon per minute well. So if we kind of look at this middle here, 
with those capacities, we can put on, you know, 30 hunters a day. Um, so three, four days to maybe get around. Once again, this is before load control. Sometimes though you hear those really, you know, you've, you've got a well that's a thousand gallons or more, you know, then we can put, we can pump a, a lot in a fairly short amount of time. The ones that we're gonna be the most concerned about though in a dry year are these low ones, you know, 450 and less. Now we're down to, we can only put on about 20 hundreds a day or, or less than that even. So these are the systems where we do need to really monitor those if it does start to look dry. You know, those are the ones we gotta start up earlier. We need to manage them in a way that we keep a little bit more of that soil profile filled compared to what we can do for management on a higher capacity system. Looking at that, so you know, we think ah, 2012 was, was horrible dry, right? Um, this is the ET data for, for Holdridge in 2012. So if we look at a weekly average, our worst week was just under 3,500 an inch per, um, per day for that entire week. If you go back, you'll see that, you know, that's just barely under what we could supply with these 700, 800 gallon per minute wells. So, you know, in theory, even though Drift 12 seemed dry, we still had some humidity that year. Um, we didn't have the hot, super hot, super dry winds. Um, so it could actually, you know, we always hope it doesn't get worse than that, but you know, um, a lot of years we just seem to have a little bit more humidity that helps us out. Those ET rates aren't nearly as bad as we think sometimes. Okay, moving on to the next question then. Uh, so sometimes you worry about, you know, if we irrigate during the day, it's all gonna get blown on, it's gonna evaporate. So you're gonna run just at night, you know, you think that's a good idea? Yes, no, or maybe on your slide up. So the no's are winning here. Um, that's probably what we would support as well. Now every situation is going to be a little bit different. The big thing though is we, we really overestimate evaporation and drift losses, um, especially in Nebraska. So, you know, it, it looks bad. You might think of oh, that hot, hot day, it's, it's going to evaporate quite a bit. But when we look at that data um, that really got us worried about that, a lot of that came from the panhandle, you know, say Texas region. Um, so here we're looking at with impact sprinklers, which we're not running a lot of overhead impacts anymore, a lot more drops. Um, so those are gonna have even less than loss than an impact. So 100 degree day, 20% relative humidity. The little tiny droplets are, we do have some loss there. As we get bigger and bigger droplets, though, that loss really declines quite a bit. So it's just really hard, um, you know, if we're at higher relative humidity, a little bit lower temperatures, it's really hard to evaporate that much water out of the air in that short time that it takes for it to land. So it, once again, if we need to run, even during the day, go ahead and run during the day. Next one, I need to irrigate small amounts often to keep the corn cool. So sometimes in a dry year, we get concerned, you know, it's taken me five days to get around with an inch. I'm gonna go with a lower amount, but you know, do more, turn more circles.
So the maybes are winning here. Looking at this one, um, the big thing to keep in mind when you reduce that amount, if you run faster, every time you run around, we usually figure, figure about 10 hundredths of water gets evaporated, either that gets hung up in the leaves or just from that wetting the cambi, it's gonna get evaporated off those leaves. Yes, that does help cool the canopy some, but at the end of the day, that water that is water that's not getting into the soil. And that's what we want. We want water in the soil that the roads can use. So if we speed up and put less on, a lot of times we end up not getting enough into the soil. Now we're actually hurting the crop more than if we'd slow down, get it actually into the profile. That loss adds up. So the more we run, the more we're gonna have loss of that. You know, and Tib, you may, you know, yeah, in 12, you know, if you heard it down in, I think there were some cases down in Kansas where maybe, yeah, the canopy got so hot that they did have some problems with pollination. It's pretty rare in Nebraska, not to say it couldn't happen. So maybe the maybes are right there that maybe a shot right during pollination wouldn't hurt you. Um, but the net effect, if we, we go faster, we get less in the way of the soil. Next question then on Slido. Uh, don't irrigate in high wind conditions. Uh, we're gonna do that to reduce drift. So if it's blowing like today is blowing, today you might need to shut down, but our no, more normal windy days in Nebraska. Okay, so the nose are winning here. The big thing um, with windy days, once again, it looks bad. You know, so here I've got a video, you know, that, that day the wind was blowing pretty good. Yeah, that, that's quite a bit of, looks like quite a bit of water moving, right? The big thing with this is it goes back to what's your system capacity and why are you irrigating? If this is a situation where this is, you know, maybe we planted, we got a, a rain that crusted and we got to get that corn out of the ground. I'm probably going to run no matter what, right? You know, if that's more important um, to get some water on the soil to get it out of the ground, that's more important than worrying about losses. The other thing is know your system. So in this case, this is overheads. You know, those are fairly wide, wide spaced. If we do get the wind pattern messing up that, that uh, or the wind messing up our pattern, we may get some dry areas out there. We have closer space together. That little bit of, of uh, unevenness probably isn't as big of a deal. So, you know, anytime the, the wind direction is gonna narrow that pattern, it's gonna elongate it. Um, big thing with this, one thing we can think about with this is, when's it usually windy? Afternoon, right? So one thing we can do to make up for this difference in application is stagger the start times. So instead of always starting up in the morning and then a certain spot in the field, that, that uh, application is gonna be messed up by the wind. If we stagger that and maybe start four hours later, it's gonna be a different spot of the field that that gets messed up the pattern. So that way we're not accumulating um, losses um, by, by not getting enough water on certain parts of the field. Okay, uh, next one. I need to reduce my plant population to reduce CT. So if it's gonna be dry, can I cut back on my population and really reduce my water use? Yes, no, or maybe on this one.
Okay, so the no's are winning, which is who I would agree with most in this situation. Uh, when we think about ET, ET is a function of the leaf area index. So leaf area index is the ratio of the leaf surface on one side to that same area. So let's say, you know, one meter of, or one square foot of soil, how many leaves, how many square feet of leaves are on that same spot. So once that ratio reaches 2.7, anything above that, ET really doesn't change. Um, and usually we get to that point when we're about five to six feet tall for corn. When we look at that as a relationship of population, so on this chart, you can see the high, high and medium population during the middle of the season, during tasseling, the ET were, were well above 2.7 for both of those, so ET is gonna be fairly similar. If we get below that, which we have to really drastically drop population, yes, we get a lower ET. Thing is, how much yield are you giving up by doing that? So, you know, if, if you're currently at 32,000, don't think that dropping to 31 or 30 is gonna make a big difference in your actual water use. Where you might see some difference, slight differences is at the beginning and the end of the season, but that's typically when our water use is lower. We may not, you know, really gain much by doing that. So what the research has typically shown is, you know, 14,000 and below would really reduce CT. Um, so that's not something we're gonna go at um, in an irrigated world um, with our corn hybrids today. If you truly wanna change how much water you're pumping, you could change your, your um, maturity length. If you go with a shorter season, yes, it's gonna reduce the total amount of water you pump for the year. The peak during the middle probably isn't gonna be a lot different. Um, but if, you know, you know, you know that system tends to run out at the end of the year, maybe that might be an option to go with a shorter season. So take home points, um, take the time, calculate your gallons per minute per acre, just know, you know, what kind of system capacity you have. That's also helpful to evaluate what you wanna do for load control. Um, you know, maybe you wanna make a change in, in what load control you're on. Knowing your capacity dictates how aggressive you can be scheduling. We have that low capacity well, we need to start up early. There's just no way about that. Typically, we overestimate wind drift and evaporation. Um, knowing that capacity helps determine if you can shut down or not. If you have low capacity and it's a windy day, you're going to run. You just can't get by around that. Don't, don't uh, speed up the system by putting on those low, low amounts. Uh, we don't recommend that. Slow, keep it your normal rate. Get it into the soil. And then the last thing, uh, really don't recommend any seeding rate changes as far as changing our water uh, use as well. So with that, I will stop my share and we can go back to questions then.